Hi, g'day, yeah, it's Scott Gibbons, and this show is on the road. Oh, it's fabulous being with you. It's fabulous, and the world is opening up again. Again, it's opening up. So what's the show all about? It's called On The Road, and it's all about getting out on the road, seeing Australia, doing all the things you want to do. You might be in your four-wheel drive, you might be in your caravan, your motorhome, your camper trailer, your tent, your swag, whatever it be, and we're going to have some fun together. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Oh, what's been going on? Well, summer's now over. Summer's finished, so we've got to find some things to do. And Cup, you know, Cup Campers, because Cup Campers are Australian-made, They've told us some of the things that we should be doing, and and some of those are just terrific. Like some are just terrific. I, I think they're really, really a good mob. So tips for family camping is what they want to give us, and that's what we're going to take. So they say, involve everyone in the planning process. Oh, that's clever, isn't it? <laughs> Involving everyone. The key to planning a trip that the whole family is going to love is by involving everyone in the process. So rather than just saying, this is what you're doing, no, you get them involved, giving the kids the same, where they want to go out and adventure, and, and that'll set them up for the trip. And they're all then going to enjoy it because you can put together a, a short list of three or four potential camping spots that you want to go to and map out their differences and the benefits and, and present them to the little ones if you wish. And then everyone's on board, so you're pretty much guaranteed, oh, there's a risk, <laughs> pretty much guaranteed to have a great time before you get out on the road. And then you've got to make meal times easy because everyone's got to share in this because food's tricky, isn't it? Even if you're an experienced camper, you can you add a bunch of hungry kids into the mix and you've got a little bit of a challenge on your hands. But the good news is you can easily tackle all of that job with some, some precise planning and some crafty prepping so you can create a meal plan, if you wish, and that maps out every major meal that you're going to tuck into in your trip. So you do your shopping, you do your pre-chopping, pre-chopping, so you can chop everything up that needs to be chopped and then separate everything so that you can easily find the exact ingredients when you need them while you're cooking up your little culinary creations in the campground. So you keep one meal dry. So brekkie is usually the easiest because you can have cereals or trail mixes or even those little brekkie bars and whatnot you can have, you can cook up and you can freeze a couple of meals for those. You know, there's a couple of evenings you might have where you just don't want to do all the heavy cooking, so they're already pre-made, and that's clever. And then, of course, as long as you bring along some snacks and, and some good food that's you know, nice and easy, and, and then you've got some, some good clothing because somebody's going to get messy, so you've got some extra clothing again, so that's good. And then they say you'll need more room than you think because kids, <laughs> they just eat up the space. And they do, don't they? They eat it up. So in order to have a comfortable and organised camping trip, you'll need to, to gear up as much as you can uh, so that they can be entertained properly. So if you're an average adventurer, you're looking for an upgrade or a beginner who's wanting to commit to all the boundless benefits that the outdoor lifestyle can offer, then you need to start browsing camper trailers to see that you're going to have enough space for you. Because plenty of space for you, plenty of space for the young ones, and then you're going to make sure that the one you get is easy to set up. And then you've got to bring your entertainment with you. So a huge mistake that many first-time family campers often make is that parents reckon their kids will magically forget all about the constant state of entertainment back home and they'll be totally satisfied with beautiful nature in front of them and looking at the stars and the grass and the animals and all the things. And that's beautiful in a perfect world. <laughs> but in reality, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> so if you want to... You've got to get those young minds to ditch the screens in favour of one that's much more needed, if you will, which is family bonding. So you've got to pack and plan plenty of alternate forms of entertainment to keep them busy. So you can try board games and arts and crafts and maybe musical instruments and, and you might play capture the flag, which is a good game, or surfing or fishing or bird watching. There's plenty you can get up to. And, and many things are just going to tempt them far more when the smartphone isn't in reach. And so that's a good thing to do. That's a good thing to do. So if you're happy, there's other things that you can do because winter's coming out, you know, winter's coming out. So there's other things that you can do for the family. So you can do what's called plogging. Now, this is, this is clever. This is clever. It sounds complex. Plogging, P-L-O-G-G-I-N-G. -G -G. But it's really just, <laughs> you do some jogging 
and you pick up litter or mess at the same time. So the whole family can have a go at this. It's an activity that's good for the environment. It means you get to care for your world that you love and you're spending time in it. But the whole clan, the whole family can get involved and then you can give a prize to the one that picks up the most rubbish. So everybody gets a bag and a glove or a pair of gloves and away you go and you pick up as much rubbish as you can in a set time. So you might say, okay, we've got five minutes and you set your little timer on your smartphone and away you go. And the winner is the one with the most rubbish or the most tins or the most, whatever. Just be careful of broken glass. So that's a, that's a good thing. You might just leave that to the adults to do. And then you've got campfire cooking because you can do, you've got hair. If you have a real hearty campfire meal to tuck into, the whole family's going to be happy. So the kids can help out with the creation process of that so you can keep them entertained and on track with their chores all at once. And one of the best things about winter camping is that you can all just relax around the campfire. So isn't that nice? Everybody can have a little involvement in that, and that's good. Then you can have a sing-along, because the campfire is good for more than just cooking. It's the base for all the... Summer's gone now, winter's coming, so you've got to get ready for winter, and, and those outdoor activities are really good. So as long as you're, you're rugged up and everything's good, and you've got your songbook with you, uh, or if it's not a songbook... <laughs> Maybe you've got them written out. Maybe you've got them on your smartphone if one of the adults is there or maybe your iPad or whatever it be. Or tablet. I think tablet's the right word, isn't it? But on those cold winter nights, you can you can just do those things. You can play the game, sing the songs, do whatever. And then you've got healthy hiking. You can do that. If it's a little bit bitter, a little bit chilly, then, hey, what a better way to get warm than to go outside and do some healthy hiking. And that'll get your heart pumping. And you can have a rigorous hike or a gentle hike, whatever you want. Same with bikes. You can take your bikes with you. So if you don't want to walk everywhere, then get your bike and you can up on a bike trail. Oh, how good's that? And then there's wildlife spotting. So, you know, everybody gets a point for whatever they find. If they see a rabbit or a kangaroo or a wombat or a dingo or whatever it be, or a koala, if you're really good, then there you go. So you get some points for doing that. You might even have Christmas in July because it's one of the best things to do. If you haven't celebrated Christmas in July, then, then do it. And you can do it while you're camping. And what a lovely thing that would be. So you've got to learn to pack properly, do all the packing, make sure that your clothing's got insulated layers so you can keep snug and warm and lots of warming food that'll give you energy, and that's good. And then do some research where you're going, because if it's going to be super cold when you're going, then you take some extra warming stuff, and you might take an extra heater or two again, because you can get gas heaters and things. So there you go. That's terrific. I think that's terrific. Cub Campus did that for us, cupcampus.com.au. Aussie made... And they are fabulous. Now, another thing that's Aussie made is the, is the Sunny Cowgirls. We love the Sunny Cowgirls. I get so many requests by Sunny Cowgirls. Here we go. This one's a beauty. It's called Cowboy. Are you ready for it? Here comes Cowboy, Sunny Cowgirls. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road. If you want more, you just go onto our website, ontheroadmedia.com.au, ontheroadmedia.com.au, and I think there's 76 or 77 podcasts there for you. So here we go. Sunny Cowgirls, Cowboy. Stop hanging around the house And my dad's just asked me What are you gonna do When your mum and me get tired Of a freeload like you I said I'm gonna meet a cowboy Down in the grass with the good old cows Down with the good old cows Gonna meet a cowboy Down in the grass with the good old cows Down with the good old cows
my type Smell of horses and whiskey And he'll keep me warm at night So I packed up all my things And I took my parents' car Headed up the highway Looking like a movie star Yeah, Hemsworth kind of cowboy That's who I'm gonna meet I keep looking through those Uh, Sunny Kilgore, they're terrific, aren't they? Don't they have a great sound? Just a great sound. And they're Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Now, new cars, new cars. Mercedes-Benz, uh, according to whichcar.com.au, they're going to bring out another G-Class variant, which is the four-wheel drive, the real ruggedy four-wheel drive. But this will come around about mid-21, and it's, it's going to be the difference is that this G-Class is going to be a diesel. And a little bit, a little bit more affordable, well, maybe a big bit, depending upon your numbers, affordable to the Mercedes AMG G63. So instead of the mighty 4-litre twin-turbo V8, which the AMG has, the G400D packs a 3-litre diesel, 6-cylinder engine, and that's going to put out 243 kilowatts and 700 newton metres, newton metres to all four wheels. Now, the beautiful part is that most of the big four-wheel drives now look like they're going to six-cylinder diesel. So Toyota, with their new 300 series, it's rumoured that will have a six-cylinder and dropping the V8, and, and some of the other utes now are coming up with a six-cylinder. So the V8 may be gone to some extent. So this new G400D, it's, it's, a, an AM, it's not an AMG. You can get the AMG, but this one, Mercedes say, is the most powerful diesel that's ever fitted to a passenger car. And the other driveline features include three, oh, this is so good, three differential locks for all four-wheel drive system. You've got low-range gearing, which is switchable on the move. Oh, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Toyota, de <laughs> Toyota dealers will be waiting for the 300 and hope that that's got that feature in it. It's got a nine-speed automatic transmission, it's got suspension with adaptive dampening and that standard as well. And other standard features include a 15-speaker Burmester sound system, electrically adjustable heated front seats, off-road information, including altitude and compass and body angle and wheel angle and inclination, a sunroof, a couple of 12.3-inch screens to display the infotainment and the digital instrument cluster. And the infotainment system... Uh, features the old command software rather than the current generation MBUX system, though it still has the Apple CarPlay and Android Auto smartphone mirroring. Then you've got the safety equipment that includes adaptive cruise control and blind spot assist and lane keep assist and traffic sign recognition and pre-safe system. What that does is it pre-tensions the safety belts, if an accident is detected. That's really good. But externally, the G400D can be picked out by its stainless steel package, which equips, uh, if you will, exterior protective strips and side running boards and a spare wheel cover and elements on the radiator trimmer finished with chrome and it gets metallic paint and 19-inch eight-spoke alloy wheels. But you can still get the, the AMG G63. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But if you've got the money... The new G400 deal costs, they say, before you put it on the road, before you put it on the road, this is what's suggested, is $233,900. And that's expected, as I say, in July 2021. And then the G63, the AMG G63, is now going to be $289,900. And again, that's before off-road costs. So if you're not going to get one of those and you're looking for a new car, bear in mind Toyota bringing out their new 300 series later this year. But the one that everyone's keeping an eye on is the Grenadier. Now, the Grenadier, you don't, you, you haven't seen one yet in the flesh, but they are going to start sending them around the world for testing because they're being built now. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago where they're building 
the second stage of the prototype. So they did the first stage and they worked out a whole lot of things. And now this is just, it's a good bit of gear. It looks like it's got everything going for it. So it looks like the old Land Rover Discovery, but it's got no relationship to Land Rover at all. Uh, but it looks terrific, just looks terrific. So you can you can go and find out more about the Aeneas Grenadier if you go I-N-E-O-S Grenadier, G-R-E-N-A-D-I-E-R dot com. All one word, I-N-E-O-S G-R-E-N-A-D-I-E-R dot com. And they'll tell you so much more about it. But it is coming. They've taken over a factory. Uh, I think it's in Austria, which was a Mercedes-Benz factory. And they've taken that over. And they're just rejigging that now with different robots and different things. But this has been designed from the ground up. So there's no parts that are coming, basically, from anything else. I think the engine's going to be a BMW, and the BMW will be either a diesel, so you can have a choice of diesel or petrol. This is all what's rumoured and, and what's there, but you'll find that, that Ineos are very, very generous in telling you as much as they can about it. They put out regular updates, and they tell you about it. Like They, they actually give you news on what's happening, and they don't hide the cars. When they're driving around being tested, they're not hiding the car. They're not, they're not putting it in... Um, you know, protective clothing so that you can't see it. They want everyone to see it. They want everyone to see it. So you'll, you'll see the thing being built and, and get all the story. It's fabulous. So you ready? We just talked about cars. You ready to jump in a car? If you're ready to jump in a car, I reckon Ted Murray was seeing that for us. Remember Ted Murray gang? Remember them? Oh, they were so good. And this was just one of those. This is what I call it an, uh, an earbug type of song. You'll get this song. And you'll be singing it for weeks, probably. Go to jump in my car, Ted Murray. You ready for it? Here we go.
Oh, that was fabulous, wasn't it? Ted Murray, isn't that good? Jump in my car. I bet you're going to sing that all week. I bet you. Now, one of the things I did this week, oh, it was fabulous. I went out and saw Polaris GPS. Polaris GPS, oh, they've got so many things. They've got front cameras and rear cameras and navigation equipment. And one of the greatest things they've got is called the HUD, H-U-D, which is Head Up Display. And, oh, it's such a beautiful thing to have. It's such a safety feature to have. And they're so inexpensive. And I'll tell you how to get in contact with them. But so inexpensive. What it does... It does two things for you. You choose which one you want. So it will reflect your speed up onto your windscreen so you don't have to have your head going up and down like one of those nodding puppies where you're looking at the road, going down, trying to find your speed on the speedo, working out where your little needle is, bringing your eyes back up, because that's all dangerous. It's dangerous. So years ago, jet pilots invented this so that they didn't have to take their eyes down onto the gauges and then back up and see where they were going. So they've now put that into cars. And this head-up display is terrific. Now, some people want it reflected onto the windscreen, which is terrific. And other people, if they're wearing Polaroid glasses, they don't want that. They just want to see the numbers back at them. So the numbers are nice and big. Oh, nice and big. And so you can see your speed without having to lower your eyes. You know, no more nodding dog. No more. You could just keep your eyes on the road. You can see your speed. And they are so inexpensive. It's such a great gift too. And if you've got teenagers, because you don't want them, if they're on P-plates, you don't want them to get a fine because then they lose their license straight away. So all you've got to do is go to polarisgps.com.au, polaris, P-O-L-A-R-I-S, gps.com.au, or give them a phone call. Ring them from anywhere in Australia. They'll help you. They'll ship the item out to you. one 300 one Ah, oh, yeah, good people, good people. Now, some of the good things to do is you've got to go and have a look at Victoria. Now, one of the things they've got down there, which you've missed out on this year because it's on next week, it's on the 12th of March, so you've missed out this week, but put it in your diary for next year. It's called the Falls Creek Long Lunch. The Falls Creek Long Lunch. It's, they host a long lunch. They, they're doing it this year on Friday, the 12th of March. And you get to join fellow diners and you get a gourmet menu curated by legendary local Barry Idles and you're surrounded by the high country history and the event takes place at Wallace's Hut, which is the oldest cattleman's hut on the stunning Bogong High Plains. Oh, how good is that? How good is that? And they're going to be offering this year an Asian-inspired menu and all the courses are accompanied by a full range of matched wines and beers. And Oh, how good is that? So you've missed out <laughs> for this year. Not to worry, because there's plenty of other things to do in Victoria. Oh, there's so many things to do. One of the things you might want to do, which is coming up, is the High Country Hop. Now, the High Country Hop, that's a beautiful thing to do. So you can do that. That's going to be on March uh, 27, 28. So you go to beautiful Beechworth, and Beechworth is just fabulous. And they celebrate what they call the Victorian Hop Harvest. So it's, it's Australia's favourite destination beer festival. If you're into beer, <laughs> be careful how much you drink. But over two days in Central Beethsworth Historic Precinct Reserve, you get to taste the freshest beers of the year and you discover local winemakers as well and distillers and, and an inspired musical lineup. And the centre, or the, the festival, will, will centre around eight brewers of the Victorian high country with a spotlight on a series of unique ales made using fresh locally sourced hops from the 21 Harvest. And they're joined by two of the country's most exciting new breweries. There's Range Brewing from Brisbane and Sailor's Grey from East Gippsland. And they'll, they'll make drinks worthy for any road trip. So what's a great drink without great music, you say? Did I hear you say that? I think I did. Well, there's a diverse set of artists and, and selectors, and they're going to be touching on the main, uh, the global influence of Afrobeat and Calypso and the Nola big band throughout the sun, so psych, folk, deep, funk and country. It's a wild ride, they say. So you've got a festival food experience and then you're going to have all the music and you're going to have all the tastes and there's going to be some Thai, some Japanese, some American barbecue and Melbourne food trucks and beatbox kitchen and the taco truck. So you're not going to go hungry. I think that might be a good thing for you to enjoy. <laughs> you might do that. And then uh, 24th of, uh, 28th of March, 
you've got the Cray Fest at Port Campbell. So if you go down to Victoria, the Cray Fest celebrates everything special about Port Campbell. And it's the coast and the community, and you've got volunteers and the primary producers and the local produce, and it's all about sustainability. So Cray Fest will feature a colourful street parade. Then you're going to have market stalls, and that'll be grow it, sew it, make it, bake it. <laughs> there's going to be some bands, so you can shake it if you want to. <laughs> and then there's tasty seafood treats and local beer and flavours, and it's all the whole main event is, is on the public purpose reserve in the heart of town. So there's good. That's good. So if you want to find out more about that, then you just go to Port Campbell Visitor Information Centre and you'll find out all about that. But visitvictoria.com has got all of this information on there for you. Visitvictoria.com. And then April 24, you've got the Gippsland Country Music Festival. Oh, you might just love that one. You might just love that. That's going to be terrific. So that's a celebration of all things country as well as showcasing Australia's best country music, including well-known legendary artists and the most exciting up-and-coming live acts. The Gippsland Country Music Festival also features food trucks and smokehouse barbecue and line dancing and whip cracking and, oh, rides and market stalls and on-site bars and, oh, all-around good time. So you're going to have, there's going to be some terrific things there for you to do. Victoria, now that it's opened up again, I think everyone's going to be heading down there. I think so going to be just terrific and there's so much more if you go on to visitvictoria.com you'll find out so many more things that are going to happen so Ballarat's got the Begonia Festival coming up Uh, you've got uh, oh what else have you got oh in May the Upstream Festival of Art and Culture and the Bendigo Winemakers have got a beautiful thing on the 17th and 18th or 17th to 18th of April Uh, The Pyrenees Unearthed Wine and Food Festival, that's on the 17th of April. The Mornington Peninsula Piers and Pinus, Uh, you might just miss that one because that's on this weekend. So yeah, you might miss that one. But there's so many more things on, so many more, you're going to love it. I've got to say hi to Maddie as well. Maddie's a new listener. Now Maddie, I heard about, she listens because her grandma, her grandma said, you've got a new listener. She let me know, the grandma, (laughs) she's got a new listener. And Maddie's just a youngie, and, and she's absolutely loving the show. So thank you, Maddie. That's just terrific of you. Off-road systems, remember, if you want to get a set of drawers for your for your for the back of your ute or the back of your vehicle, then you've got to go to off-road systems because off-road systems are just terrific. They make custom drawers. So you can get them off the shelf if you want, but if you want custom drawers, then you've got it. They've got the best things, and they make the drawers so beautifully. They make them. They do whatever you want. They make them for you. So if you want, if, if you've got a particular need, a particular need that you think, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do, then that's what they will do for you. They'll make you the set of drawers. So at Off-Road Systems, they have a strong quality product, an affordable product. It's a great-looking product, but it's Australian. So none of this imported rubbish. No, 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 no. And if you want to, you can get it made out of the super light aluminium. So they've got super light aluminium drawers. Oh, they're just fabulous. And their standard two-drawer system for the current model Toyota Prado, it weighs in at only 38 kilograms. And that's a complete system. So you've got the base and the frame and the drawers and the runners and the top and the wings, the whole thing. And that's possible because of the unique aluminium lightweight plywood combination. You just can't find anywhere but off-road systems they are just terrific people and they're aussie they make it here they sell it here and they deliver all over australia so you just give them your measurements and they've got sets that are already there so you can get them super quick or they'll make up a special set for you just for you and and you you can do there's a choice of carpet colors inside they've got the whole thing but weight is so important because that adds up to how much fuel you're using. So if you can get the lightweight, oh, isn't that clever? Isn't that clever? So how do you do it? Well, you get off-road systems. Off-road systems. 02 4647 or one word, dot com. Dot au. Oh, you'll love working with them. You're, and they ship all the way around Australia. They are just fabulous. So I mentioned the word wings because if you get an off-road systems drawer, they include the wings 
as part of the pack. They include them. So we might as well have Wings of an Eagle. What do you reckon? Hey, Russell Morris, Wings of an Eagle. I think you're going to enjoy this. I really think you will. And it's one of those beautiful, beautiful songs. And Russell Morris, is just, if you get to hear him now, his voice is just the same as it was when he was making the record. So here we go. Wings of an Eagle, Russell Morris. Hey, this show is called On the Road. My name is Scott Gibbons. Oh, it's fabulous being with you. And if you want more of the show, you go onto our website, ontheroadmedia.com. .au, and on there you'll find all of our podcasts, you'll find them on Spotify, and you can listen to us nationally on the Vast Satellite Network, Vast, V-A-S-T, the Vast Satellite Network, you'll find us on there as well. So here's Wings of an Eagle, Russell Morris. Yeah, great nomad times have got a beautiful thing. But how about Wings of an Eagle? Was that was that terrific, Russell Morris? Oh, fabulous, fabulous. Oh, and after this segment, I've got a great song for you. You're going to love it. Rusty Wiley sings it. Oh, you're going to love it. But there's some funny things. TheGreatNomads.com.au, they had a terrific thing. And they're not so terrific for the person doing it. But nevertheless, it was a caravaner. 
And as they say, he was left seriously red-faced after his plan to grab a quick fix of fried chicken went awry. So he was pretty hungry and he tried to tow... Oh, this is so funny. Not funny in a ha-ha, but funny. He tried to tow his caravan through a KFC drive through and uh, it got stuck. So the roof was too high for it, uh, so his air conditioner got caught and then the angles were all wrong and, and so he started wiping out. Oh, it's an insurance claim. It's nasty. It's nasty. And as they say, all he had to do was park and just walk in. Just walk in. But some people said the mind boggles. So there you go. Some funny things happening, eh? There's always funny things happening. So... What else is happening in, in the grey nomad world? Well, there is spewed things happening. There, there, there's some things that you've got to be aware of that, that that's uh, going on at the moment. Kakadu, for instance, a major ABC investigation has exposed a series of major issues with the Northern Territory's iconic Kakadu National Park, which it says is falling into serious disrepair. Is that sad? That's sad. That's so sad. The National Broadcaster reports that the stunning natural environment has been degrading for years and popular tourist sites have been closed with little warning and all while visitor numbers plummet. So while international tourists, they once made up more than half of those coming to Kakadu and the ABC says that in 2019 before the COVID pandemic, they accounted for just 17% of the visitors. So they went from half down to 17%. And the reason is the general manager of tourism in the top end, Glenn Hingley, says that traditionally, traditionally, Overseas visitors spend more money and they stay longer, but they won't come unless there's some certainty about what they'll be able to see. So international tourism at the moment is on the decline, not because of Kakadu is any less of a destination. That's what he told the ABC. But part of it was the uncertainty and the irregularity that would happen to tour operators around access announcements and closures of certain parts of the park. So seemingly they would get pretty short notice to say something's closing, but they've got all the tourists ready to go there. So each year, parts of Kakadu are closed because of extreme heat. And then the wet season rains make river crossings and dirts in some parts impassable. And then even before this year's wet season, they began some closures. And many of the park's most popular attractions were closed. And that's sad. If you've driven all that way and you don't get the proper notice, but the ABC reports that the spectacular Twin Falls has been not accessible since 2018 because of a a crucial creek crossing that's not been maintained. And the popular Aboriginal cultural centre at Yellow Water was closed for refurbishment for a year. And the natural infinity pools at Gunlam Falls, which is another top tourist site, they've been closed for nearly 18 months. And the park was once built as the jewel in Australian tourism crown. It's managed together by the Kakadu's traditional owners and the federal government agency Parks Australia. But the ABC reports that their relationship has been fractured and traditional owners say joint management is in dire shape. So in one example of how the relationship has been damaged, Parks Australia built a walking track. This is all alleged, but (laughs) they're saying it happened. They built a walking track near Gunlam Falls that exposed a sensitive part of a sacred site, and that was allegedly against the wishes of the traditional owners. So with all that going on, Curtin University botanist and land rehabilitation expert Professor Kingsley Dixon says the Kakadu's world heritage status may be at risk. Oh, so if, if they continue to alter the landscapes and not management, not manage it, then you might find yourselves with a weed-infested and pest-ridden park, he told the ABC. So, but, but, the federal government has promised to spend $276 million, $276 million over 10 years for upgrades across Kakadu, including remediation work in the town of Jabiru. So with the international border still closed, the tourism operators are now banking on the grey nomads and other domestic visitors to arrive in numbers, but they say action's needed to make Kakadu a proper destination again. So that's, that's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. I think, I think, I think that's going to be interesting. But yeah, getting you, getting, there's various things that are happening and you've got to be aware of them. So one of the things is where to go, where to go. Western Australia, you want to go to Western Australia? I think you should. I think you should. There's so many things going on. Or Albany, have you been to Albany? Now, Albany's magic. It's defined by its might and majesty of the Southern Ocean. It's a favourite destination for grey nomads. 
if you're keen to explore the area's rugged coastline and a town that is so steeped in history, it's just beautiful. It's only five hours from Perth. You've got a population of around about 35,000 and, and the city is where the first European settlers set foot in Western Australia. So you've got evidence of the past everywhere, everywhere. And if you're a history-loving grey nomad or, or you just like to see the highlights, well, you've got the Albany Convict Jail, You've got the Princess Royal Fortress. You've got the Patrick Taylor Cottage, which is the oldest dwelling in Western Australia. And there's some great museums, including Whale World, uh, which is housed in a former whaling station. Now, I think that's the one that I went to oh, some years ago. Oh, it is. Oh, dear. Those whalers, they earned their money. They earned their money. They reckon they just smelt forever. They'd go home and they would smell of whale blubber and... Oh, and then you had these great big steel areas where they had to cut the whale up and put it into the pots, if you will. But if you slipped, if you slipped, you got cooked. Oh, scary, scary, scary. So the town was the last port of call for troop ships departing Australia in the First World War. And one of the best ways to soak in the city's highlights and history is to take in the Amity Trail. It's a 30-minute self-guided walk that takes visitors past colonial buildings and historic taverns and old convict prison and the whaling ships and the fact that whales are no longer hunted here helps to make it a great place to spot migrating humpback south right and blue whales and the top spot to do that is the Torndrip National Park. So you've got the pounding waves have carved amazing formations out of the granite coastline and two of the best known are the Gap and the Natural Bridge. And the Middleton Beach Boardwalk's another place, and that offers, oh, magic views, superb views over King George Sound. And there's also white sandy beaches in the area, and, and then away from that part of the coast, Albany's also close to two low mountain ranges, the Parongarups and the Stirling Ranges. And for those to get in and, and amongst the area's abundant natural beauty, then the famed Bibalum walking track, it, it ends its 1,000-kilometre-plus journey from Perth right there. So that's Bibulum, B-I-B-B-U-L-U-M. Oh, magic. But if you prefer to do your sightseeing from a car seat, then uh, drive up and see the 18 giant turbines at the Albany Wind Farm. <laughs> and it offers truly memorable ocean views and probably a lot of noise. <laughs> I think a lot of noise. But if you're ready to stock up on some fresh and quality ingredients to cook a slap-up meal back at your van, if you've got a van with you, then a trip to the Albany Farmer's Market, that might be just what you want to do. And there's numerous caravan parks around Albany. And you've got everything from beachside views and riverside tranquility to in-town convenience. So it's an area you're just, oh, I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it. If you're going to do it, you've got a boutique brewery or a boutique brewery, whichever you want, boutique. <laughs> and you might want to seriously consider delaying the rest of your big lap for a month or two because I think you'll find that part of, of Western Australia just absolutely fabulous. And what else are we going to find fabulous? Well, Ross D. Wiley, funny man. You haven't heard this one in probably a long time. It's called Funny Man. It's Rusty Wiley. He's got the most magical voice and he hits some little, some little just inflections in his voice that are just terrific. Rusty Wiley, Funny Man. I'll be right back with you right after that. Hey, I'm Scott Gibbons. This show is called On the Road. Oh, it's fabulous being back on the road, isn't it? Isn't that fabulous? I know we love it. We do love it. So here we go. Rusty Wiley, Funny Man. Look at this. There he goes <laughs> There goes the funny man The life of the party That's me And they'd never guess I had a care They'd be amazed to see I 
Oh, yeah, Scott Gibbons again. Hey, that was Rusty Wiley, Funny Man. Isn't that a good song? Isn't that a good song? Now, Queensland. We're going to go to Queensland. If I go to Queensland, I've got to say g'day to Bob and Gail. I've got to say g'day to Jennifer because I know they listen in. And one of the things that's been happening is up in Mackay, in, in what the <laughs> great nomads describe as, in what can only be described as a stunning development, the fees at two popular camping grounds in northern Queensland are set to be... Reduced, slashed. Is that amazing? Mackay Regional Council, uh, they met, they met and they reduced the camping fees at St Helens Beach and Ball Bay by 44%. 44%. They recommended the approval, which will see the a nightly fee drop from $27 a night down to $15 a night. So the plan is to attract more, more tourists, more grey nomads, more other campers in the area uh, of course, the council sees, they see and they seek uh, to secure a larger slice of the annual 10 billion B, billion with a B, tourism market. So they want to see more of it going there. And the way they're doing that is to entice you. So the local newspaper there, the Daily Mercury, reports that the move comes after a series of site assessments and stakeholder discussions, as well as listening, listening to visitor feedback analysing the trends and comparing fees at other Queensland Council campsites. And it was found that only about three in ten campers found the two sites good value for money compared to eight in ten rating the Morani Caravan Park as good value and just over half scoring Seaforth the same. So Morani and Seaforth both offer comprehensive facilities, which is toilets and hot showers and kitchen and dump point and playground and office with a caretaker and a manager on site during business hours. The council document said that St Helens Beach and Ball Bay camping reserves, however, are classified as basic campsites, only offering an ablutions block, which is toilets and cold showers, and a sheltered picnic area with barbecues. So the council papers conclude that if the price structure doesn't reflect the value of the services offered, then the potential to attract visitors significantly decreases. So the council reportedly collects about less than $7,000 in revenue for the Ball Bay site in 2019 and roughly six and a half grand for St Helens Beach compared to the maintenance cost of, of being um, 2,400 odd. So by reducing the site fees, the camping reserves become attractive to low cost RV market and the potential expansion for significant growth in both visitor numbers and increase in, in the length of stay in each site. So that's fabulous. So do you reckon that's clever? I reckon that's clever. I reckon that's really really clever. So one of the other things that's happening, of course, is there, there is some now, uh, there's some um, two-storey, oh, this is just amazing, some two-storey um, motorhomes that are now being developed. Two-storey, can you believe it? So it's called going to the next level. And what they've done, this is a Chinese mob, we don't do much with the Chinese, as you know, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be the only ones to do it. But if you thought that all the luxury was finished, no. So luxury-loving grey nomads might agree that big is beautiful and they often find size can be a problem when they're trying to squeeze into a site at a busy caravan park or campground because the longer the trailer is, the harder it is to get a spot. So what they've done is they've taken a conventional size 
motorhome, conventional size, Australian size if you like, and they've added a lid to it. <laughs> so they've discovered that the answer is to go up and not out. So from the outside, the SAIC Maxxis Lifehome V90 Villa Edition just looks like a fairly normal van-based Class C motorhome, but it comes with something a little extra, which is a pop-up, full-height, glass-encased second storey, which has its own lift. <laughs> it's just sensational. So the roomy lounge upstairs has got... Very near floor-to-ceiling glass windows, and you get great views. of. And, and if you've got a good location, and it's just fabulous. You've got the best of the best. And the glass itself can adjust between clear and opaque. So you might think, oh, I don't want glass, but it can turn into opaque, allowing the owners to adjust between greater privacy or crystal clear views. Is that lovely? Is that lovely? And then a doorway allows access to the balcony that's positioned over the van's cab. And if you're having an upstairs living area it doesn't deliver the room you're after, there's a pair of slide-outs as well. <laughs> so downstairs, so that, that widens your first floor and gives you about 20 square metres of living space in the bottom floor. And there's about another 12 upstairs. So oh, I think that's fabulous. So there's luxurious high-tech fixtures and fittings that you would expect from a high-end RV like this. And, and owners will have... Uh, I mean, you're just going to be <laughs> king of the toys when you pull into a campsite, aren't you? So at the moment, it's not available in Australia, but the Double Decker Showstopper sells for well over half a million dollars in China. So well over half a million dollars in China. So there you go. Well, do you reckon that'll take up? I reckon it will. Now, here's a, a, a bit of a funny story, and it's a good story. It's a good story. The, uh, I went to the TLCC, the Toyota Land Cruiser Club, the other night and, and they had various things happening and they always have a lot that they tell you about. But one of the things was they went on a, a drive, a drive, like a four-wheel drive, and they took some new members with them. And this was the good part. They had a water crossing. And, when they, and there's 14 cars on this trip, 14 with the Toyota Land Cruiser Club. This is the difference between belonging to a club and trying to do something solo. So they've arrived at the water crossing and there's a vehicle there with a man and woman on board, vehicle there, not not game, if you will, to cross. And that's fair. But the Toyota Land Cruiser Club, part of their thing is to teach you how to do a water crossing. So they, they walked it, they did all the things, and then they said, yeah, this is okay. So their 14 or 13 of the 14 vehicles went across and the last one said... If you want to, this is to the one that's sitting there with a the man and woman in it, you go across and we'll follow you over. And they said, no, you go. So away he went. So the 14 are across the other side and they said, come on over. And no, he wouldn't do it. His wife wouldn't let him. And the difference was the confidence. So if you join a four-wheel drive club like the Toyota Land Cruiser Club or so many other four-wheel drive clubs around Australia, they teach you. So you've got this beautiful piece of equipment with, with lots of ability and the one thing missing might be the confidence of what your vehicle can do. And that's what, and I don't blame people who think, look, I can't do that. But if you go and join a club, I mean, you've joined a club already by, by buying a four-wheel drive. Now go and learn to use it. It's like you know, buying a caravan and not doing a towing course. You're not going to get all the enjoyment out of it that you possibly can if you don't have the confidence. And when you do a towing course then you get some confidence. If you've got a four-wheel drive and you join a club, then you've got some confidence. I think that's what it's all about. So I'm, I'm going to check out some other things for you, but in the meantime, I reckon a little bit of music. What do you reckon? Hey? Now, this is a beauty. You're going to love this. I reckon if you don't sing along to this, and I reckon you will, this is Dinah Lee. Now, we only do Aussie, but Dinah Lee, you might as well call her Aussie because she was a Kiwi, but I think she lived out here more than she lived there. So this is called Repetite. You might not have heard it for some time, but Dinah Lee just rips into this beautifully. So this is Repetite, Dinah Lee. Hey, my name's Scott Gibbons. This show is On The Road, and you can get more of the show anytime you want. You just go onto the website, ontheroadmedia.com.au, and there's all the podcasts on there. And if you would, tell your friends to join in and listen to it as well, because our listener base from December to January, we went up over 50%. So there you go. You're listening and you're telling friends about it. And I'm really grateful. So if you're a long time listener, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're new, oh, welcome aboard. It's fabulous. So here's Repetit, Dinah Lee. Okay, you ready? Here we go.
Oh, fabulous, eh? Dinah Lee, repetit. Dinah Lee, repetit. Now, I've got, before we go, and we're running out of time. We are running out of time, but I've got to say, g'day to Sally and Noel. I caught up with them during the week, and, and Sally's just doing some things that, that are really, really important. Sally, good luck to you, and thanks, Noel, for doing everything that you're doing. You are terrific. And I reckon we might just fit in a little bit of a song, a little bit of a song for Sally. This is called Boom Shalalalu, Hands Pulsing. So I don't know how much I can fit in for you because they only give me an hour. But here we go, boom, shalalalo, hands pulsing. We might get a few beats in and we might get the whole thing. I don't know. But over to you. In the meantime, my name's Scott Gibbons. This show is called On The Road and I'll see you next week on the road. There's a sleepy Sunday school Where the schoolman Annabella Teaches sleepy golden rules But the children were all waiting To hear the church bell ring They had their own religion And all they had to do was sing it to the world Day.